This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to The Real Reel, where I take you behind the Instagram reel and into the real lives of entrepreneurs, content creators, and anyone who inspires me and may inspire you too. I'm your host, Natalie Barbu, and let's get into it. When people give so much attention to that negativity bias, then that negativity grows. So you call it whatever you want, but it's just that it, you're, you know, some, a lot of people call it the law of attraction, right? Which I believe in a lot of the universe, spiritual stuff, but the science behind it, because I come from a bunch of doctors, is that our brains make more neurons that are hardwired together in the things that you think about most. So you're actually building physical pathways in your brain so that that negative thought, if you think it a few times, it's more likely that that I can't do this new business, I'm not gonna make it as a podcaster or whatever it is, is gonna come to you because you've already thought it. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back to the Real Real Podcast. It's your host, Natalie Barbu. I never say that in my intros, but it felt appropriate. And I'm back with another amazing episode. I'm back on the mic feeling really refreshed, especially after a pretty long work day. I love coming on the mic after I've worked. I just feel like it's I'm talking to a friend, like I'm catching up with a good friend of mine, except I won't be hearing your response until next week. But just know I do hear your responses. I see those story shares. I see the comments. I see the DMs. And of course, I do read every single review. So if you're listening to this right now, let's just take a second, take a screenshot, post it on your story. I want to personally thank you for listening. But I'm super excited for today's guest and for today's episode. I think it's a really inspiring one and it's going to be a really good pick me up, especially as we head into kind of a new season. I know it's still summer, but I feel like a lot of you are either starting a new job, maybe you just graduated or you know you're going back to school whatever it might be I hope that this episode just inspires you a little bit more and I'm just really excited for you to listen but a lot of these podcasts lately have been having kind of like a theme of chasing after your dreams going after what you want and I feel like that's something that we need to hold on to as we enter you know the fall season and this new season I feel like as summer dies down I focus a lot more on my goals and I focus a lot more on like work and getting stuff done. I feel like it's kind of like a New Year's resolution part two because the summer is so relaxing and kind of like a break. At least even if it's not super relaxing, I feel more relaxed in the summer because it's like the weather's nice. You can go outside for a walk. You can clear your head. On the weekends, there's way more to do in the summer than in the winter. So I feel like the summer, everyone's kind of just like taking it easy. Like a lot of companies have summer Fridays and, you know, it's just it's just a chiller time than any other season. So whenever the fall starts again, I'm like, okay, it's time to pick back up, focus on working, head down. So I know that this episode is going to help for that. But I wonder how it'll be now that I'm in Miami for the fall because it's really summer year round because I if you guys didn't know I'm from South Florida I grew up here I lived here until I was nine years old and then I moved to North Carolina but we've had a place in Florida forever so we've always come back and forth but I haven't fully lived here since I was nine years old so it's been a while I'm not gonna lie I do not remember what I thought about the season changes when I was nine (laughs) and whenever I would visit it always be a vacation so 
since I was nine, I've just been visiting and vacationing in Florida and I haven't actually like lived here, lived here. So I'm very curious on what that's going to be like, because in like October usually is when Charlotte gets a little bit more like crisp, you know, it's like the leaves start changing. The, the air is very like crispy and cool and like you break out the sweaters and the denim jackets. And that's just not going to happen here. I feel like it doesn't get cold here until like, I don't know, February and cold meaning like 60 degrees. I remember I was actually watching some home videos and my dad was recording us and he was recording us on Christmas morning and we had gotten a bounce house for Christmas, which if you guys remember bounce houses those were my favorite things so we had a blow-up bounce house in the backyard and we were jumping around like me and my siblings on the bounce house and you can see we're wearing like long sleeves long sweatpants socks and my dad is recording and he's like oh my gosh it's freezing out here it's so cold I'm gonna need to go inside and like grab a jacket it's uh it's about 55 60 degrees and like looking back now I'm like 55 degrees is like pretty nice like I don't get me wrong I'm cold like I'm not someone that's not cold at 55 but I wouldn't be like oh my god I'm freezing and it's just so funny so I wonder if like my body is gonna get used to that warm weather and like I'm gonna think 55 degrees is freezing I don't mind because I hate the cold so I'm very excited but I'm curious to see how like my work ethic will will be affected by it because I don't know I feel like I'm definitely taking more breaks and time off when it's warm outside and now that it's warm year round I don't know how that's going to affect my work ethic so that will be interesting I'm excited to to let you guys know and today I want to talk a little bit about a feels over reels gonna insert a little segment in the intro this is where I'm gonna share something that I'm grateful for and I'd love to hear what your feels over reels is this week if you have one DM it to us, comment it on our last Instagram post. But for me, my feels over reels this week would be that the Real Real podcast is on the entrepreneurship charts on Apple Podcasts, which is insane. I think I'm number 40 on entrepreneurship. And some of you might be like, okay, big deal. That's like, doesn't matter. You're not on the top charts. But being on any chart on Apple Podcasts, do you know how many podcasts there are out there? There are 2.2 million podcasts. 2.2 million. And I am on the entrepreneurship charts, which I feel like entrepreneurship is probably a pretty heavy category in the podcast world. Maybe it's just what I listen to, but I feel like there's a lot of entrepreneurship podcasts out there. And I'm number 40. Cannot believe that. I just wanted to thank you guys so much. I never expected to be on any single chart on a podcast ever podcasts are so competitive and it's so hard to grow your podcast but we've been seeing some steady growth on the real real and I keep seeing your reviews and I keep seeing your instagrams shares and I'm telling you they mean so much to me so thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening and tuning in every single week this would not be possible without you and I'm just over the moon about like the fact that I'm on any chart like that's just incredible my podcast network manager texted me it and I was like, what the heck? I cannot believe this. I ran to the Apple podcast, took a screenshot and then posted it on Instagram and said, thank you to all of you because it literally is only possible because of you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. And because of that, I think that it would be pretty, uh, fitting to announce and read off a reviewer of the week because we haven't done that in quite some time. So if you guys are enjoying this podcast, please be sure to give it five stars on Apple Podcasts. That just means so much to me. 
This one comes from Lindy, and she says, fantastic for those with a love of learning. I started listening to this podcast in April when I started a new job and moved to a new state. I started with episode one and have nearly caught up listening to at least one episode a day on my commute to work. Okay, first of all, that is dedication. This podcast has helped me learn so much about other people's careers and also recognizing the entrepreneurial spirit in myself. It also inspired me to finally start my YouTube channel at Lindy Stark, which I've literally wanted to do since I was 14 or 15, but I spent years and years being too fearful of what people would think. Anyone looking for an inspiring listen should check this out. I've learned so much about other people and also myself by listening to these people's stories. P.S. I'm also an NC State alum. Go Pack. I wish we lived closer because I feel like we'd be friends. Oh, and also I like the longer intros. Oh, that is such a powerful review. Thank you so much, Lindy. You'll definitely be listening to this then since you're such an avid listener. That means so much to me. People that actually like listen to every episode, like people that start at episode one and work their way up. It means so much because you also see the progression of the podcast and you see like where it, where it started and like where it is now. So I just wanted to say thank you. And I'm so happy that you're a fan of the longer intros. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts lately and I feel like I become friends with the host and I want to hear what's going on in their lives and I want to, you know, hear about whatever's going on in their day. So I've been obsessed with the longer intros and it makes me feel more connected to you. You know, like in the one of the previous podcasts, I mentioned that Keon was moving to Florida and I had never mentioned that on any other social media. So when people would DM me about it, I'm like, I know that you listen to the podcast because I never posted it on Instagram, never posted it on YouTube. Podcast is the only place that has heard that. So I like sharing more snippets of my life on here. I feel like I can be a little bit more open and honest with you on the podcast. And I really appreciate that because I feel like there's like a level of vulnerability that I can portray on the podcast and I I can't do that on other social media networks because I feel judged and I don't feel judged on the podcast so thank you so much for that if you guys of course like it definitely be sure to give it five stars but anyways I just wanted a kind of feeling a little sappy you know got on the charts and I'm feeling a little bit sappy but <laughs> Today's episode, not only have we been talking a lot about, you know, being positive, that transition, how to go after your goals, but we have had a little bit of a reality TV theme as well. So last week's episode, I had Hannah Burner on. She was on Summer House, and I finally branched out from The Bachelor, and I've been watching more reality TV, so I think that you guys would be proud of me. Let me know what reality TV is your favorite, because I definitely need some recommendations since I'm such a reality TV newbie, but I do love it. And it makes me that much more excited to be speaking with Nicole Rose, who started on HBO Max's The Big Shot with Bethany. We are going to hear all about how she manifested a spot on this reality TV show and how the mentorship on the show completely shifted her life. Nicole is honestly such a breath of fresh air and she's so incredibly talented. She is a world-renowned DJ, podcast host, and mindset mentor who just released a program called Queens of Creation. And after speaking with her, I honestly really wanted to sign up. She explains the law of attraction to me and it was the first time that it really clicked because I am someone who I don't do like law of attraction stuff. Like I'm not someone who like actively participates in law of attraction. I don't know if that's how you can consider it, but I do think that the way that you think does shape your life and how important it is to have a positive outlook and to, you know, really be focused on what you are trying to achieve. So I definitely can get into that, but I'm not someone who is like spiritual in the sense of like, you know, manifestation, but 
she breaks it down into a way that it doesn't have to be that. It's really just about like how to reach your goals. So I really, really appreciated that. And her journey to become a DJ is super relatable. And like a lot of us, she was working a nine to five and just not feeling fulfilled. So today's episode is packed full of simple and effective tips and tools that you can start implementing into your daily routine right away. And trust me, you're going to want to open a pen and notebook for this one and take some notes because Nicole and I are diving into the difference between toxic and authentic positivity, tips for shifting your mindset and manifesting your dreams, ways to create new positive pathways in the brain, and the science behind law of attraction. Yeah, there's some science behind it. And how to gain clarity on what you truly want in life. I hope that you guys enjoy this episode with Nicole. I know you're going to absolutely love it. And I hope that it comes at the right time in your life. And this is one of those episodes that you might want to re-listen to whenever the feeling is like relevant, whenever it's, you know, you're wanting to kind of get that extra motivational push. So anyways, without further ado, let's get into the episode with Nicole. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn can be in your hands today as it should with Earnin. Earnin is an app that is changing the game when it comes to getting paid. Imagine having access to the money you've earned as you work, not just waiting for payday. With Earnin, you can access up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tip are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So think about it. The next time you're planning a special night out, you need a last minute gift for a loved one, or you face an unexpected expense, like maybe a trip to the vet, Earnin has you covered. For me, it's about having the flexibility to handle those surprise expenses that life throws my way. So whether it's unexpected bills or needing to cover rent when things are tight, Earnin gives me peace of mind knowing that I have access to my hard-earned cash when I need it most. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability, security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type Real Real under podcast when you sign up. It really helps the show, so please don't forget that step. Real Real under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Let's talk about styling hair because it is a whole production, especially when you are battling frizz. And take it from me, I live in Miami, Florida. It is about to be summer. I really know frizz, but honestly, I would rather be doing something else like booking a spontaneous vacation to St. Bart's or rewatching the Heirs tour for like the third time. You know, the important stuff. But who actually has time for frizz? Introducing Way's new anti-frizz cream. It is like a superhero for your hair. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours. I actually brought it on a trip with me and my friend borrowed it and she purchased it right then and there because it was that good. So how does this fit into my hair routine? It is the best thing I could have done for my hair. I am all about saving time and the anti-frizz cream does just that. Plus the Sydney inspired North Bondi scent is so amazing. You can thank bergamot, Italian lemon violet and more. And as someone who is always concerned about heat damage because I definitely use a lot of heat on my hair, this anti-frizz cream provides heat protection, which is such a big relief. And my hair feels so much lighter and looks smoother after using it. Get busy being frizz free with Way's new anti-frizz cream. It's not just about taming frizz. It also provides heat protection up to 400 
450 degrees, reduces inner pair split ends, quenches dry hair with intense hydration, and according to a consumer perception study, 90% of participants agreed that their hair looked less frizzy after using it. I can definitely contest that. And while you're at it, check out Way's other bestsellers like the leave-in conditioner, which I also use, detox shampoo, fragrances, hair oils, and hair gloss. They're all essential for achieving that salon-worthy look at home. So you can frizz-free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code RealReal for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code RealReal. Hi, Nicole. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast. Hello, Natalie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to have you on. I've actually never had a DJ on my podcast before. So this is a first and I am super excited. Okay, well, I feel like you totally get the DJ vibe because I'm totally crushing on your nails right now. They're like totally (laughs) photograph worthy. (laughs) Thank you. I've been really into nail art lately. So I've been it's a little expensive, but I love it. It makes it's like an accessory without having to try really. (laughs) Did you get those done at Chill House? Are you in New York? No. So I'm actually in Miami, but no, I got them done at some like really small nail salon and they like look so good. I've always been going to those girls and I love it. So I think it's probably cheaper than Chill House, I feel like. They look amazing. So wherever you're going is clearly doing the job. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we're going to get started with setting the record straight. So this is where I tell you some assumptions and some stereotypes, and then you're going to let me know if they're true or false. And feel free to expand also. (laughs) So the first one is reality TV is how it appears in like on the show when you're watching. So yes and no, that's a hard one because it's like, There are so many hours and hours of content recorded, but only so many can fit into like a 30 or 40 minute or hour long episode. So it's all like somewhat of an accurate depiction, but it's also like, it's a little bit up to the editors on what they choose to include. Right. I always feel that way. Like I am a huge like Bachelor fan and, you know, like I, I started watching Love Island and I'm like, what gets cut out? Like I would love to be on the behind the scenes of it. And see like the stuff that doesn't make it on air and like those like in between moments. I wish we were allowed to talk about that. It would be very interesting. (laughs) I know. And the next one is it's hard to break into the music industry. Um, So I think from a DJ standpoint, there are less barriers from a production standpoint or an artist standpoint, like to be the next Lady Gaga, probably not easy. Right. So I think there, you know, for me, I saw a way to enter through you know, the DJ scene, there weren't a lot of women at the time. We're talking like nine years ago when I started DJing. And I was, you know, kind of one of the first girls in New York to attack it so aggressively. But um, in terms of, you know, becoming an artist and getting a team to produce with you, you know, that's expensive, right? So of course, there would be more barriers if it's more costly. Right, right. No, that makes a lot of sense. To me, I'm so not like musically inclined, like my brain doesn't work that way. So I'm like, how do you do like, how do you break into this industry? I feel like there's it's so hard because I I don't know. I just feel like there's so many people that are so talented. And so in order to make it, I feel like it's definitely harder than it looks online. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Spotify is cool now, too, because you don't have you know, you just have to have a good song if you're an up and coming artist and people will share it. It'll go viral. And so that kind of levels the playing field. But once again, for DJs, it's a little different, right? Because we're working with other people's music. Right. Have you been on TikTok with your music? I feel like that's a new platform that's like making artists 
big and like blow up? Well, I don't make music, but as a DJ, sometimes I'll go on to TikTok and like honestly find new songs that I like and end up working them into my set. Right, right. And the next one is that self-care is crucial as an entrepreneur. 1000% true. I mean, entrepreneurship yeah. is a roller coaster. You probably know you're doing a lot of your own stuff too, you know? So there are ups and downs. There are great days. There are mediocre days. And then there are those days that you'd like to forget about, you know? So <laughs> self-care kind of keeps you at that even baseline where you can keep pushing forward. Totally. And I've read a lot of interviews that you've done and I've listened to a lot of interviews that you've done. And I love that you talk about that type of stuff. So I'm excited to kind of dive into it in this episode. Perfect. Well, I'm a self-care queen. So whatever you yeah. need to know, I got you. <laughs> But you're also very, very multifaceted. I feel like you have so many different things that you're doing. So can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and everything that you do? My name is Nicole Rosé. Uh, you might have seen me on The Big Shot with Bethany. It's on HBO Max. If not, it's definitely a good watch. I also am a DJ. I also have a podcast called Big Queen Energy. And I just recently launched a mindset mentorship called Queens of Creation to kind of help the next up and coming generation of badass women who really want to be specific about attracting their dreams, just get there a little bit faster. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you do so much and you've like, you're an entrepreneur, you're a DJ, you have this mindset, like coaching, is it a course? Would I, would I consider it a course or? Yeah, it's a two month program, but oftentimes girls will want to continue on with me to continue working on a theme or some limiting beliefs or, you know, a new entrepreneurial project. And they kind of, you know, the funny thing that I'm finding is I could write lesson plans and courses for days because there's just, I've learned a lot over the last eight years that I've been off on my own. You know, in entrepreneurship, you either sink or you swim, right? So if right. you really want to make it, then you're always, trying to pivot, readjust, work on your mindset, find new ways to make more income. So it's a constant hustle in that sense. Right. But what I'm finding is after people sort of, you know, the the focus of the initial course is to help them reframe their mindset to be, you know, very positive as well as focused on their intention of like trying to create one big thing at a time and really being um, super specific about that. And when they are finished with the program, they leave with, a morning routine, and then a mindset tool that they can use to align themselves any time of day, but also, you know, in the morning when we're most receptive to this type of positive information. Um, and so after that, you know, oftentimes they have the tools to kind of do it on their own, but then they want just to know someone's invested in holding them accountable. I love that. I think that's so important. It's something that's like, I think like swept under the rug, you know, it's, we're always in this hustle culture and this hustle mindset. And you don't ever really hear about the importance of slowing down and yep. having that alignment. And especially when you are trying to like make it, it's like, oh, well, I have to be working 24 seven. Like I don't have time to meditate. I don't have time to do a workout. I don't have time to take time for myself. You know, I'm always on phone calls or meetings or trying to you know, get my business off the ground or whatever it is that you're trying to do. But I think it's crucial when you are trying to do that to align yourself and find that time. So it's really important, I think, for people to understand how to do that because that's something that you learn it's totally. actually harder than it looks like taking time for yourself I swear like you need to learn how to do that <laughs> I'll be honest too like I you know my backgrounds in marketing I don't know if a lot of people know that right they kind of talked about it on the big shop but they really quickly glossed over kind of our professional backgrounds for whatever reason but 
I, you know, when you're working for someone else, I think it's really easy to understand, okay, I work nine to five, six, seven, whatever, right? New York is like a few extra hours in the day for work, but it's easy to kind of have that boundary. You know, this is when I start and this is when I leave and the rest of the time is for me. And when you when you leave and you go off on your own, even when you are generating like a sustainable amount of income and whatnot, it's still, for me at least, the boundaries were still so blurred that I felt like mm. I always had to be on, that I always had to be responsive to every client. You know, I'm sure you get this too, just the influx of text messages, DMs, emails, you know, inquiries, through your Instagram email, like if you have a text message community, just all of that, it's so many different channels of communication to manage. Um, so you really have to set specific hours that you're on or it just kind of takes over you and and nobody can do well in burnout. And I've been no. in and out of that. So yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, even this past week, I haven't really gotten the, the most sleep and I got a cold at the end of it. Yeah. And now I'm like, I'm out for a few days. I'm like, not my you know, 100% self, I don't want to do anything. So taking time for yourself and like, making sure you get enough sleep, making sure you're, you know, you have that routine. That's an investment, I think, in your future also, because if not, you're gonna burn out, like you said, and no one does well in burnout, like it causes so much more harm than good if you think that you have to like hustle all the time. Totally. And and what you're doing right now with your routine, like working out, sleeping appropriate amounts of hours a night and eating healthy or whatever else, you know, works for you. Like for me, it's meditation and the mindset tool, which kind of folds into like a more elongated morning routine that not maybe everybody would have time for, but obviously there can be like shortened down mini versions of it. But when you get out ahead of it, it keeps you that much more mentally flexible, creative, excited, enthusiastic. Like, do you think, you know, who wants to work with you when you're in a place where you're exhausted, where it's hard for you to show up and be your full self, where you are, you know, nervous because you don't know how you're going to get through everything on your schedule that day, you know? So it's, it's just really about getting out ahead of it. And when you're in that great energetic state, the right opportunities, the right collaborations, the right people to work with just kind of show up on your doorstep. Right. No, I completely agree. And I mean, you have a lot on your plate also, but you still take time for this. So what does kind of your day to day look like? Like, do you have does every day look a little different? Do you have any routines that you do every single day? It's funny that you asked that because I think that is something that has been a struggle for me, right? So I've gotten good at it through my own, you know, needing to create some uniformity in my schedule. So when I was just primarily DJing, I kind of was like, just like, I just fl went with the flow, you know, I was just like a fish in the water, like, okay, there are gigs here, and I'll be less on here, and I'll be traveling here and just kind of allowed that to determine my schedule. And I realized after a couple of years of that, that that was actually kind of stressful when I wanted to start layering in more projects, but that these other projects fulfilled me in new ways that DJing couldn't. And, and it was things that I wanted to grow into and learn more about. And, and they brought out a different side of me, right? So they were really important. So in that perspective, it forced me to get more organized. Like, I think when I left the corporate world, I was like, this is great. Like, I don't have a schedule. Like, I'm doing me, babe, you know? And then I realized that actually having a schedule does create so much freedom and that when you're outside of that schedule, you're truly off. And within that schedule, you can get more done, right? So that you do actually feel freer because you're very clear on what's being accomplished in a way. And that accomplishment like feeds your 
your fun time, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. right? I don't know if I'm like stating this super eloquently. Oh no, I get it. I get it. <laughs> I think for me, I try to have a uniform schedule. Obviously, I can't be on that every single week. Like last week, I was traveling for gigs in New York. I'm back in Florida right now, like you. Um, this coming weekend, I'm traveling to the Hamptons from Florida, which is like, you know, wow, that's like for a further trip than it is from New York City. Um, but honestly, right. not that much further. So it's kind of far from wherever you're going. So um, yeah, I have to be really, really uniform about my schedule. And then even just guard my time off. Like after I perform and I give a lot of energy to a crowd, it's really important to, you know, like we were talking about, give that time for self-care and make that space for yourself. Yeah. What are some of your favorite like self-care routines or self-care tips that you do? I know you talked about meditation a little bit. Yeah. So my, my whole morning routine is like daily self-care that I build into my schedule every single morning. And once again, like I said, there are times if I'm traveling, like I'm flying out at 7am, I won't have time to do a 30 minute morning routine before that flight. And, you know, if I'm performing, sometimes, you know, I have to be in hair and makeup here, and I have to go here, there, and then transport takes a while and etc. So there will be days where I don't get to do it. But I want to say like, 80 to 90% of the time, I wake up and you know, I'll brush my teeth, and I'll sit down and I will go into a meditation. And that meditation can be 30 minutes if I have the time, it could be 10, it could be five, if I'm pressed for time. And then I read this daily mindset tool that's in my phone that has what really matters to me. Like I read my purpose every day and I try to ground and center myself on what I'm really trying to achieve in this life. You know, what is my experience here supposed to be about? What is the thing that matters most to me? And then I look at my values and I look at, you know, some of my own mantras. And then I read just some of the goals that I'm focused on right now. So it's not a really long process. Maybe that takes five minutes. But after that, I'll kind of look at my vision board, which is on the background of my phone. So it's actually super easy to see, like, there's no excuse for not looking at it multiple times a day and just taking a moment to feel excited and good about it. That's, that's, yeah, that's, no. that's the short and then working out, you know? Yeah, I love that, though. I mean, I think it's so important, like, no matter how busy you are to take time for yourself. And like you said, like, it doesn't have to be a super long thing. Like some mornings, you're not going to get to it. But you can still do a five-minute thing or you can still do something in the afternoon. And I think that's so important. I want to talk a little bit about your childhood now. So we're going to go back. But did you always want to be in music? Like, did you love music from an early age? Did you want to, you know, be your own boss when you were growing up? Or like, what was that like? Oh, I wanted to be everybody else's boss when I was right. <laughs> <laughs> so a couple of things there. I grew up in a household and I think they sort of mentioned this on the big shot where everyone was in a very traditional career. Both my parents are brain doctors, like not just doctors, like very like intense, brilliant brain doctors that are like literally saving lives every day. So that felt like quite a bit of pressure to find something where I could have, you know, a decent amount of impact um, without going to medical school, because I couldn't even like you know, look at them drawing my blood without freaking out about it. I have to meditate when they draw my blood to like calm myself. That is so funny. (laughs) That's a really good good pro tip for anybody who's uh, squirmish at the doctor's office. But (laughs) I think for me, I knew that I always wanted to uplift and entertain people. I didn't exactly know what that would look like. And I didn't really know what were, what were the options that were available to me, you know, because there was really nobody that was, you know, everybody was very, tra- in a very traditional job. 
in my household. So entrepreneurship, you know, just kind of seemed like a, a word that I didn't really understand the meaning of even when I was in my teens and, and 20s. And it also wasn't part of the conversation like it is mm-hmm. today with you guys growing up, especially, you know, Gen X is going to have so much information on all these different routes they could go because they're going to have seen it when they opened TikTok, when they opened Instagram, when they followed a YouTuber that they respected. You know, there are so many different role models in various different career paths that they can get really niche and specific about what they want to do and how they want to make an impact. But I think for us with less social media, less of the internet, less Google and me growing up in the Midwest, there was just, you know, I guess less resources. So I knew I want to be an entertainer and I loved music. And then I just had this urge to DJ and it just kept growing. And in high school, I had subwoofers in my car and I would have all the parties so that I could make the mixtapes. Or if you were having the party, I would offer my mixtape services free of charge. No longer do I do that, but (laughs) free of charge in high school. And then, you know, it wasn't that I wanted to get wasted. I just, I just wanted to make everybody dance and have a good time. Um, And then in college, it was kind of the same thing. I wanted to go out to DJs. I was at Emory in Atlanta and there were so many inspiring DJs there. That's when I really got into the DJ scene. And I learned from a few of my DJ friends that it could be a business that they were making, not just enough money, they were making good money and traveling and flying and having all these cool experiences while, uh, you know, bringing people joy, you know, and I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, wow, that's amazing. Like, I would like to do that. But I didn't really like pursue it um, as much until after a couple years in the workforce under my belt when I just kept having this burning desire. And I think it's really important. You know, the message there is that whenever something just keeps coming up in your life over years, over maybe it comes to you every day for a series of months, like me freezing my eggs did, then fine, just jump on it then, you know? But when something's coming to you over and over again, you know, there's a reason that's intuition. You know, the universe sends us signs, you know, God, whoever it is that you believe in can share signs. And if we ignore them, we will probably not be as fulfilled. And, and those things lead you to new things, you know, so. Right, right. No, I think that's so inspiring. Also, the fact that you just went for it, too. You know, like you were interested in this. You wanted to do it. And like you said, you followed those signs. You followed your intuition and you went for it. So when would you say that you kind of got started with it? Was it like in high school with those mixtapes in college when you were following DJs? Or when did you really like say like, oh, I am a DJ. Like this is like a career of mine. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know it was a career in high school. So like, obviously not then and I wasn't being paid for it. I think, I think that it's only fair to say something is a career when you are charging money for your time. Right. Right. Because I think then, if not, then we could all be podcasters. We could all be DJ. You know, everyone does think they're a DJ, right? And everybody thinks they're a podcaster now. Right. So it's like, I think, you know, then everybody would be a doctor, right? But no, you got to go through a lot of training, but you got to go through training to be a podcaster. You got to go through training to be a DJ. Um, So when you're charging money for something, then that's when you, you know, are that, but you should obviously have the mindset that you are that before that. So you can manifest it if that makes sense. But I, I think when I was probably like 24, so this is about 10 years ago, that was my first ever paid DJ gig. But it I didn't really even consider myself a DJ. I was director of social media at Iced Media in Soho, New York. At the time, I was running digital and social media and event campaigns for Ralph Lauren, Diesel, Theory, Swatch, Kmart. I was busy. I had a team of 12. I was young. I was hungry. I was working 70 hours, 70, 80 hours a week. 
Um, and I would manage to occasionally DJ and get paid, you know, minimum wage for whatever a DJ would be at that time. Um, but then a few years later, after I quit that marketing, that last marketing job and started making a living DJing was when I truly considered myself to be a DJ. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's so cool. You did it also while having a full-time job too, because I, that's tough. It's yeah. tough. At first it was, it was tough. And I wouldn't necessarily say that I recommend that, but at the same time, it does make you so much more comfortable because you have something to fall right. back on and you feel more confident, especially if you're doing something, once again, non-traditional, like DJing where, you know, even your own parents think you're nuts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you have that like support system with you? Like did your family, friends, anyone, were they like, you're crazy for like quitting your job to do this? Or like, 90% of like? people told me I was nuts. 10% of people really thought I could do it because they saw my passion, my enthusiasm. They had heard a set. They had already like listened to my tapes, my mixtapes right back then. They had already, you know, a SoundCloud. I would make mixes and put them up on SoundCloud and they were already playing my stuff. And so maybe they were like, but you've got raw talent at this. Mm -hmm. And I had a DJ, I had a couple of DJ coaches and mentors that believed in me too. And since they were experts, you know, their opinion was very valuable to my confidence, right. you know? Tell me a little more about everything else that you're working on, because I know that you have that, you know, you're on the show, The Big Shot. So I want to hear all about that and your experience working on there. And then also anything else that you're pursuing in 2021. Yeah. So I think for me, the big thing is helping teach other women the mindset tools, tips, tricks, hacks, everything that I've used to up level my life, you know, to, to be able, it's funny. A lot of people don't know this. I barely spoken about this, but when I first started, when I was leaving the marketing world in my mid twenties, and then I first started on the DJ path and I, that was when I found Bethany Frankel and I watched mm -hmm. everything that I could watch of hers because I just found her so inspirational that she could build a business from nothing, you know, with skinny girl, Margarita, that she could use television to build true influence that had selling power. I had never mm -hmm. seen anything like that. You know, she was truly one of the first people to do that, which is why Bravo named a clause in their contracts, the Bethany clause, right? Because she makes so much money with her businesses that, that they want to cut. And now every network wants to cut, you know, talent build while they're on their channels. So that was super, super inspirational to me. And it's funny looking back on all of it. I modeled my career after her. You know, I was like, I'm going to become a DJ. I'm going to, you know, use this experience to build products around it. Obviously, at the time, I thought it was the headphone company, right? And for whatever reason, sometimes things don't work out. And so you have to under, kind of understand what did we learn from this? What are the takeaways? What can we improve? And what's the next move? And sometimes that takes time. But for me, it really didn't because I realized that everything that I learned DJing, building that career, trying to build businesses that were successful or not successful, you know, and then filming the show with the big shot was that the mentorship was really the thing that wakes me up in the morning that gets me jumping up to my laptop, right? Nobody feels like they're jumping out of bed to sit down and look at 100 people on zoom every day, right? Unless they are just really super amped about what they're doing. And <laughs> what I realized in filming that show was first of all, that show was, you know, let me just tie up the loose ends there. That was a perfect manifestation because I had thought about working with her and being just like her eight years before they contacted me. And I had been contacted by 
dozens of other TV shows. I can't even count them all for you because they were opportunities that I didn't feel like were quote unquote on brand for me. They didn't make sense. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be having, you know, intercourse (laughs) sex with strangers (laughs) on camera or be naked or whatever. I mean, some of the things that people contacted me with, I'm not sure if all of them like went to become shows, but I was just like a sex party with Adrian Grenier. Like, Maybe hot if it wasn't filmed. Do you know what I mean? Like, no, this is like not anything that I stand for. Thank you so much for thinking of me. Don't know how you got the idea in your head that I would do this TV show, but. They tried, they tried. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so when this opportunity came, it just felt like, wow. And, you know, and, and once again, the DJ career was another creation of mine was something that became more and more important to me over time that I felt more and more called to do. And through filming this show, I realized that some, why did I love the DJ career? Why did I want to build products for women? It's because I want to help lift up other women and empower women. So you just learn, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? But you learn how your journey is just so interconnected. And there are so many lessons in there. And all of those lessons, if you use your intuition and meditate on them and journal about them, take you to that next spot, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, completely. And do you have tips for someone who, you know, wants to break out into a new industry, wants to start a business, wants to, you know, kind of just change their life a little bit? Do you have advice on like how you can go about doing that or at least the mindset shift that you can have while you are trying to, you know, make a change and kind of start something new? Because that's really scary for so many people. That's such a great question. And I love the way that you phrased that about being a mindset shift. That means that you get it and you already know exactly what we're doing and talking about on the podcast and with the mentorship. So the first thing is extreme clarity on what you want. Mm -hmm. That clarity could take years. It could take a month. It could take six months. It could take a day. But it just really spending the time to do what it takes for you to get clarity. That that might mean that you need to reach out to a bunch of mentors. That could mean, that could look like talking to every friend in your age demographic about this product idea and them all saying they love it or here's how we would tweak it. That could mean doing focus groups. That could mean, you know, that could mean talking to your family about it. I, I don't know. Clarity could be different. It could mean journaling and meditating uh, for three months every day on a new business idea and then picking the best one. It could mean different things for different people, but really narrowing down that clarity, getting super specific niche, et cetera, about what it is that you want, what your purpose is, who you want to impact, how you want to help those people, why this is important to you, right? So just all of that, really understanding what you're doing and why, and then keeping your mindset laser focused on that why right? We can let our minds, when we're approaching a new topic, when we're building a new business, when we're shifting jobs, when we're making these massive life changes, that can be such a scary, ungrounding, unearthing experience for everybody. I felt that Mm -hmm. way too. And I just want to be really, really clear. I was terrified to leave my marketing job. I was terrified to call my parents and tell them that I was going to be a DJ. I mean, they were like, there was a point where they were like, all right, you're, we're not going to help you. You know, like that was yeah. like, I knew that that was going to be bad. I knew they were going to be very upset. Right. But I did it anyway. But it's sometimes when you're scared, you just have to rip the bandaid off and, and just keep moving forward. Right. Because more experience, the more experience you have, the more confidence you build. Right. And the more knowledge you have around the topic, the more confidence you build. So like, if you're trying something where you can just go to traditional schooling for it, then that can help you gain the confidence to make that career shift, you know, maybe you're doing night school while you're doing your other job. Mm -hmm. And then 
eventually you are, you know, you find your way into that career and you, you, you know, you go at your own pace, but having your purpose will help your mindset stay on track to the positives rather than floating into that fear. Does that make sense? No, totally. And also I feel like there's so much doubt that goes into it too, because not only with the fear, but also like, maybe I'm not good enough for this, or maybe I'm not, you know, I'm not cut out to start this business or I'm not smart enough. So how do you get over that? Like, doubt do you still is it still like focus on your why or are there any is there anything else that you so no I mean once do? again that's a great question right so the, the why is only a part of it and that's why we teach an eight-week course on this because it is it's a process and and I think you people can do this alone but if they don't have experience doing it's much easier for someone to hold their hand and hold them accountable so the next part of that is to really as you're moving towards your why all sorts of doubts fears um, all these negative Nancy voices like are going to come up for you. And you're going to think that it's true. We all think that mm-hmm. the thoughts that we think are true, but like, we're not God, right? So it's like, it's funny, because it's like, it's inside your head. So it makes sense that you would believe these doubts that you're having these, you know, limiting beliefs that you're having. But at the end of the day, I mean, if you ask 10 people, if they thought that you really couldn't do this, probably they're not going to say no, you can't do it, right? I mean, unless you're doing right. something really outlandish. And I think my situation was just a little unique in that sense um, because it was just so bizarre at the time. Now it's much more normal to be a DJ, to be an influencer. You know, we've kind of normalized these non-traditional forms of entrepreneurship. That was, you know, 10 years, a different, it was a different decade, right? Totally. But so, yeah, so you guys are living in an awesome time right now for anybody who's listening to this and just thinking about chartering their own territory or their own path. But the the second component after understanding everything about your why and focusing on that every day and centering and grounding yourself on that every morning is working through those limiting beliefs. So what that means is identifying what the limiting belief is. Okay. So if you're having these doubts, that's probably a limiting belief, especially if it's showing up every day, every couple of days. So journaling about it. Why do I have this limiting belief? Where is it coming from? Trying to dig mm-hmm. deep inside of yourself. Can you go back to childhood? Can you go back to an experience in college that made you feel this way about yourself? Maybe you got up in, in class and it, you took a public speaking class in college and you got up and you stumbled over your words and somebody laughed and it was like one person in a room of 50, but it made you uncomfortable and you felt like a failure in that one part of your career. So that doing your podcast, which is your true dream, feels terrifying to you, right? Or Mm -hmm. something. That's just one example. And I I don't know if that resonates with anybody, but it could certainly, I could see how that could happen and then spiral into being a belief that someone holds about themselves that really doesn't have a ton of factual evidence behind it, right? So it's kind of figuring out where they came from in that process of journaling. Like journaling is such a beautiful tool, or you can do this with a therapist. If you're already in therapy, I bet they're already asking you to do some of this. But you can kind of identify where it came from. And if you can see where it came from, then you can prove to yourself that this is not everything that you're made of. You know, that this is a isolated incident that happened once or twice, but your brain held on to this belief because our brains are, believe it or not, hardwired for negativity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for me, I'm on social media, you know, I'm on YouTube, I'm on Instagram. And I feel like it's one of those things that if I see one negative comment out of a hundred positive ones, I focus on the negative one, you know, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like maybe this person is right and they're whatever. And like that causes me to like ruin my day or it causes me to like overthink my next video because of this one person's comment. And it's so harmful and it's so detrimental because it like sets you back so much. So it's something I've definitely had to work through with like 
not even just negative comments, but like with starting a business, I'm like, I have to stop thinking that like, I can't do it. Like, or I'm not good enough, or I'm, I'm too young, or I'm too whatever. Like, I have to just do it. And even if which I'm not really thinking failure is an option. But I also think like, the worst thing that can happen isn't even that bad. Like, the worst thing that happens is I learn lessons from this. I'm like, that's it. So I've kind of had to like shift my mindset to being like, the worst that happens isn't that bad. And instead of just thinking about the worst that can happen, I think, what's the best that can happen? Like, what's best case scenario? And I'll think about, oh, my God, the best case scenario is that this company grows. It's that this, this, you know, and I'll, I'll start getting so excited about it. So I think instead of a lot of people say like, oh, worst case scenario, and then people just like focus on that negativity, like, or the not even negativity, but they focus on like the worst thing when I'm like trying to start thinking about instead of just the worst thing, what's the best thing that can happen? And then like getting excited about that. that I think that helps me a lot and that motivates me. You're doing a great job. I just want to say that, you Thank know, you. from the bottom <laughs> of my heart on your journey, because I know how tough it is. You're young, you're hungry, you're motivated, you're learning, and you are working on up leveling your own mindset. And, and that right there alone is enough to make it. As long as you keep at it, that's enough to right. make it. Time will only tell how long it will be and what the final money hole is going to be, right? Like, you know, you'll try a few different things and then you'll figure out what is really working and then you'll double down on it. And then that's that's the process of entrepreneurship. And that's like what I've done with all my businesses. You know, eventually over time, you realize some businesses make more money than others. Some businesses are more natural for you than others. And then you double down on those and get better and more specific and market those more. But that's very, very smart what you're doing. And I think it's not so much you. I think such a large part of being an entrepreneur and taking these big risks is being able to drown out the negativity. So right. in doing that, you have to tone up the positivity. And, and uh, uh, like, I mean, people have told me to go to Guantanamo Bay, wanted to send me to hell, told me they hate me. They are so glad my dad died. You should see the nasty things people have said to me. I'm just like, oh my God. But at the same point, when you have haters, like you really matter, right? These people, like we're right. inside people's heads so much that like, <laughs> you know, I wrote an article for Entrepreneur the other day about facing my fears on the big shot with Bethany and kind of how I had to do my own mindset adjustment on myself in 120 seconds in the bathroom. So like during that photo shoot scene where everybody's <laughs> who's watched it knows that it was like the most anxiety provoking, you know, moments of of my life and anyone who likes me's life, you know, because if they're yeah. following me on that journey, they're like feeling the feeling the heat from that. But um, it's someone, you know, even just read that and they were like, no one cares. And it's like, you follow me on Instagram, you watch the show, you read my post on Entrepreneur. And then you I wrote, think you care. You don't care. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you actually care more than my mom. Like, yeah, let's just call literally. it literally. So yeah, Literally. I think once again, everybody's brain is hardwired for negativity. I could get into the science of it. Um, the, your brain, there's more activity when you're in your brain. It's more stimulated for whatever reason when we have a negative response to something. It's This is like a caveman functionality of when we used to always have to be on point so that we weren't attacked by a tiger or a bear or a lion. You needed to live in this perpetual state of kind of fear to make sure that you survive, mm -hmm. right? It was a state of survival. And we're no longer in that place anymore. We all live these very comfortable, beautiful lives, no matter what your circumstances are. I'm sure there are things that are comfortable and that you can appreciate right. about your life. Um, and we don't have imminent threats anymore. So that's where this negativity bias comes from. And unfortunately, what happens is when people give so much attention to that negativity bias, then that negativity grows. 
So you call it whatever you want, but it's just that it's your, you know, some, a lot of people call it the law of attraction, right? Which I believe in a lot of the universe, spiritual stuff, but the science behind it, because I come from a bunch of doctors is that our brains make more neurons that are hardwired together in the things that you think about most. So you're actually building physical pathways in your brain so that that negative thought, if you think it a few times, it's more likely that that I can't do this new business. I'm not going to make it as a podcaster or whatever it is, is going to come to you because you've already thought it. So then on the flip side, when you catch yourself, when you stop yourself, when you actively throw that thought in the fucking trash, right? I just like literally yeah. would picture myself like making a slam dunk in the trash with that negative piece of shit thought you are. And then you bring in the positive one after you think that, you know, you make it a habit to think that thought and replace that negative one with the positive one. Then that one becomes the new pathway. So it, I did not know that I always like, I'm not going to lie. I was always like, I like the law of attraction in theory, but I just like, I don't understand. Like, I just didn't understand being a very like, Oh, just like think positive things and that's it, you know? So I think that that explained it to me more than anything, anyone else. So <laughs> that I had no idea how it worked. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know why nobody else explains the science, but so that's what we do that's in the, the mentorship. Thing, yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't understand like the science behind it and how our brain is actually like hardwired for negativity. Like I just thought like it was like a personality thing or, you know, like uh, some people are more negative than others, but that makes so much more sense. Yeah, I'm so glad that helps you because you're going to remember that. And if you have questions, you can always message me anytime. I know. <laughs> I want to have you back on to like talk all about like even more in depth about like mindset shifts and like thinking positively. Because I think there's a difference between like thinking positively and like toxic positivity, yes. which is more like, oh, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Like, no, no, no. You're allowed to be like upset. You're allowed to be like have like negative thoughts. I think there's like a time and place for everything. Like, how would you describe the difference between like toxic positivity and like actual positivity and like thinking? Yeah. I mean, that's good a good things. question. I think toxic po positivity is fake, right? So right. I think what's really important to feel good is to be our authentic selves. And I tried to be just exactly who I am on that TV show. And like, it was hard, right? I was bullied mm -hmm. by more than a few people, right? By the queen right. herself, by Bethany. And like, it was terrifying, you know, because I've just explained how I've looked up to her for almost a decade, right. you know? So Toxic positivity is fake. You're not convincing yourself or anyone else. No one else thinks you're okay and you're truly not okay, but you're just putting up a front. So then it, when you put up that front, it doesn't allow anybody to get past that barrier to help you either. Right. So that's what makes it so toxic is that it's this cycle where you can't really get out of the hump. You're, you're just stuck in the wheel like a hamster. Right. Um, with just with true positivity. I mean, I try to live by, you know, they, everybody talks about an 80 20 rule, and that can be applied to a lot of things in life. And there are moments where you're going to have a bad moment. You know, I had a, a great business day yesterday. And then, you know, in the middle of the afternoon, when I still had a bunch of work left to do, I got a call from my doctor that I had to get another mole removed because it's precancerous and it's moderately dysplastic, which just means that the mole is you know, forming atypical cells. And I was like, okay, you know, this is not good. Like, this is not the outcome mm -hmm. that I wanted. That's why I said 80, 20. It's like, I'm not going to let myself go down a rabbit hole, cry for three hours, cancel my afternoon meetings and not get the rest of my stuff done. But I'm going to go and take five minutes and meditate and just wish myself well and, and pray for my health and remind myself that it's always okay. 
And and we mm-hmm. always make it through everything. And historically, you know, I've made right. it through everything. I've made it through a couple weird ass moles in the past. You know, there'll probably be mm-hmm. a couple in the future and I'm going to be just fine. This is not going to be the thing that gets me. Right. Right. When you realize yourself starting to spiral, just give yourself five, 10 minutes to whatever you need to read your affirmations, meditate, go on a walk, just take the time and rather than spiraling. No, I I really love that. And I loved having you on to talk all about the mindset shifts and how you've, you know, went from a corporate job or from a marketing job and then into being a DJ and into pursuing your passion. And now you're helping other people do that. I think it's so important because it's something people feel really alone in and they feel, you know, when they are going through a big change, it's like no one else gets me. It's like that. That's like a huge common thought. So I love what you're doing and kind of like what you're portraying and posting online and everything like that. So I just want to thank you for coming on my podcast. I loved having this conversation. I feel like it was so short. I would love to have (laughs) you back on to talk so much more about this. But where can they find you? Where can they find your program um, and all of that stuff? First of all, thank you. It's been really fun for me too. These were really great questions. Um, so yeah, I love thank that. You. And I'm happy to come back down the road and, and answer the next set of questions. Um, so you can find me on Instagram at Nicole Rose Stillings. If you just type in Nicole Rose or Nicole Rose, um, you're going to find me. And then the podcast is just Big Queen Energy Pod on Instagram and it's just big queen energy pod and Apple or Spotify. And then if you want to DM us or email us, we would be happy to share more information on the Queens of Creation program, or you can go for the link in my bio, which has my free guide to manifesting in the morning. And I'm going to send it to you too. Awesome. Wait, I'm excited. Thank you so much. And I'll have everything linked in the show notes, but this was so much fun. And I'm so glad that we got to chat. Me too. Thank you for having me, love. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Real Real. I hope that you enjoyed and don't forget to rate, review, follow, or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. You can follow me personally on Instagram at Natalie Barbu and the podcast at The Real Real Podcast. I'll see you next Monday. Hey there, my name is Renee Rena, and I am the mom friend you have always wanted. I am also the host of the Mom Room Podcast. We publish two episodes per week, a co-hosted episode on Tuesdays and a solo episode on Thursdays. Popular topics include pooping and having sex after giving birth. I have a solo episode where I talk about not sharing a bed with my husband and why that's okay. I hope you'll tune in to these conversations every week. Join us on Instagram at the Mom Room Podcast and start to feel a little less alone in this crazy thing called motherhood. Hey, my name is Lovon Rumpf and I've been working my ass off as a celebrity stylist by day and a podcast host by night. At the Low Life Podcast, it's all about keeping it real. We're talking fashion, beauty, to religion, sex, drugs, mental health. I mean, there's no topic off limits here. And vulnerability is mandatory. You can find my podcast, The Low Life, that's L-O, no W, everywhere and anywhere you listen to your podcasts. New episodes are out every Thursday. We'll see you then.